Hello, welcome to episode 40 of Sack King's Therapy. We've reached a milestone. We reached 40. 40 episodes of Sack King's Therapy. And this one is a, la- is a landmark episode, and you'll see why. And of course, always with me to talk King's news and NBA news. Um, hey, guys. Okay, well... It's uh, basically the end of free agency for the most part. Uh, we were basically waiting till the bogey deal got done, and it it is done now. Uh, Kings have not matched, and we'll get into that in a bit. But you know, s- since we last talked, uh, the draft after the draft, you know, free agency has opened up. There's more trades. Uh, not a lot with the Kings. I'll just say that. Although we'll get into the big ones uh, in a bit, but. Uh, unfortunately, I have to say, and report, I guess, a lot of Kings are gone. Uh, Harry Giles is now on a minimum to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think Portland got a pretty good player in Harry, and I hope he does succeed, because I still follow former Kings players around the league once in a while. That kind of reminds me of what happened with Ben McAbor, but that's not what we're talking about now but yeah i think i think portland will really love harry and uh i know that we were talking about you know uh that possibly the warriors would love harry even more i mean that's the only pet peeve i have with this this deal is that is he's on a minimum to you know i I, you know i wish him all about all the luck in the world jesus christ can't talk all the luck in the world in Portland. Um, and he's they're going to love him there. He's probably going to play pretty well. He'll f- probably fit in with Dame and CJ. Uh, my only gripe with it is like, why not just go to the Warriors if you're going to sign for the minimum? <laughs> you know, I, I I like to think that Warriors without Clay are still better than the Trailblazers with Covington. So, like, you have a better chance of doing more on the on the Warriors and Steve Kerr would love Harry, you know, his passing, his tenacity, like it, there's, I, that's the only gripe I have with it, but you know, all the luck in the world to him on, in Portland, he'll, he'll have a great time with Damon CJ and Nurk and all, all those other guys. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, uh, ba- Ken Bazemore, he assigned a minimum to join the Warriors. Uh, what do you have to say about this one? Uh. That's also saddening because I, I also want to keep base too. But you know, like most players on this list, I feel they want to win, and you know the Warriors are the perfect place to win. And I think, uh, you know, with Clay out, like uh, we were talking about, uh, he would be a pretty good uh, backup for Clay, and uh, you know, great addition to the team. He provides a lot of defense and free point shooting that we Kings fans love. And it's sad to see that he goes to one of our competitors in the West. So, yeah. yes, he he will do a very good job of backing up the ghost of Clay Thompson, at least for this year. Uh, you know, Bayes is really good. He provides he's there's nothing really particularly bad about him you know he's a solid defender a solid shooter a solid cutter and he's exactly what the warriors are looking kind of wing guys but he is a little bit smaller but he has a long wingspan to at least reliably guard wings Mm -hmm. you know like shooting guards and point guards so it's a great pickup for them for the minimum and you know i don't blame Bayes at all for this one he wants to win 
And, you know, he's getting towards the tail end of his career. So he's going to want to be in the playoffs. He's going to want a chance to contend for a championship, even though they may not be on the lower end. And, you know, you know, he's going back to the Warriors where he started. So, you know, you know, all the best wishes in the world to Ken Bazemore. And hopefully, you know, the Warriors do something. They did trade for Kelly Oubre. So it's a pretty nice. It's a pretty nice lineup. It just sucks that Clay is out. Yeah, that's. That's the big factor. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully Quay gets better. And, you know, Kent will be a great backup to Quay when, uh, yeah, Quay gets back into shape. He's not going to be back until next year. He's out. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, we'll have to move on from that somber news. Uh, Alex Len uh, has signed with the Raptors. Uh, I don't remember the deal. I think it's like, I want to say $4 million. I don't remember. But, you know, uh, actually pretty sad to see him go too. Uh, what about you? Yes, another player I am really sad to see go. Oh, man. Pretty much half our team, yeah. Really yeah. sad to see him go. Like he, he is the big man that we would all love in a team, and you know, seeing him play, uh, yeah, I I can't say anymore. It's another good player off our team going. Yeah, he's a guy who's you know who fills a need for the kicks. He's a big burly dude who has an attitude. And, you know, is a mean guy, is not afraid to be the asshole on the court. And, you know, he got into it with CJ McCollum and, uh, back in, I think, March. And, you know, just, again, we needed size, and he provided that and more. Like, he, he was, you know, he was mobile for the most part and protected the rim decently well as well. And, you know, it's just sad to see him go because he's one guy I would love to keep just, be, just again, as that big, burly dude who's just not afraid to be an asshole to essentially try and intimidate the other team and you know it you know it sucks and i guess he's also in the in that part of his career where he also wants to win more you know we're basically going to be rebuilding for the most part and i'm just guessing he doesn't want to be in that situation anymore he wants to start winning he's never really been in a winning organization you know started with the suns you know, went to the Hawks and then, you know, was on the Kings and now he's on the Raptors and Raptors will probably be a winning team no matter what. Yep. You oh, know. yep. Happy happy for all three of these guys we mentioned so far, you know. Yeah. <laughs> really, really big pieces that I wish we could have kept, but they're really good pieces for a really good contenders throughout the league and yeah like you said we hope for the best okay well uh to, to discuss the the other guy that we did really think was going to get traded but ultimately didn't and i do think he ends up staying buddy healed he he is basic i think the hawks like not or the king's not matching the hawks's offer for so long is that they were trying to probably convince the hawks to take buddy instead <laughs> i assume they said no and just wanted bogdanovich at the much lower number and yeah um as far as i know no deal is really coming and there's no real talk about what the market is for buddy no mcnair i imagine has called around and just doesn't see a viable market for him 
at least a de- at least a market for a decent return. Maybe a first round pick or maybe like some good young players. I just I don't think a lot of teams have that and the and the teams that do have it may not want to give it up. Yeah, that's too bad. But I mean, I do want to have get a good deal out of this because of, you know, his contract and whatnot. But, you know, I, I actually don't mind keeping him, in my opinion. It's just, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how uh, how he plays and also if he bitches about stuff, you know? Do you think he starts? We were talking about this <laughs> earlier, too. Um, let's see. I don't want him to start, but he's going to say something, so he has to start. Yeah, if he's not gonna like, if he's not gonna like coming off the bench for Bogey, I highly doubt he would like coming off the bench for Halliburton. You know, a rookie. Mm-hmm. Not not because Halliburton is not good. It's more because he's a rookie. Yeah. And you know, buddy, I don't know how he's gonna take it. He's definitely gonna bitch about it in the media, and you know, it's just it's just unfortunate. Again, he is an elite. He he has an elite skill. You know, his shooting is again, I think the third best in the league. You know, if Clay were healthy, and you don't, that doesn't come around a lot. And I just hope that McNair can sweet talk someone into this. And again, mm-hmm. if we're giving up that elite skill, I want something good back. Yeah, we'll see whatever magic that McNeil, McNair can actually uh, conjure up, and yeah, maybe we get some young players out of it. Which, yeah, which I'm fine with because it's a good thing that McNair is not really, you know, pushing for a deal or enforcing a deal it's good that he's trying to look out for the best deal for what we could or what uh buddy could provide the other team and what we, uh, the other team could provide us i'm I'm just saying bucks you guys are one piece away you guys <laughs> might be there already so you know we don't have bogey anymore but you know we do have a buddy yeah, just give us whatever. I don't think they have much. Just give honest. us Dante. Just give us the same package. Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and well, you don't have Rosani Lisova anymore, but we'll take those two. I don't care. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. Okay, well, uh, one guy that we did sign, Hassan Whiteside. Now, I have said before that I do not like Hassan Whiteside for the most part, but the silver lining is that we got him on the minimum. And if you know, if you're into this kind of stuff, his stats on basketball reference are very, very good. Check, check, check this out, Fall. Let me, uh-huh. let me see. I, I have him out. He, he scored 15 points, oh. grabbed 13 and a half rebounds, oh. and led the league with 2.9 blocks. Wow, we got a steal. And a, and his plus minus, he is a plus eighteen. In how many minutes per game? God, I just lost it. Oh, they only have twelve. No, 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 no. In thirty minutes a game. You know, Owen, we got a steal. <laughs> I would say, you know what? Yes, what I just said. Yes, we got definitely got a steal. But there's a reason why he <laughs> signed a minimum. He is generally a very lazy player. Imagine if, if James Harden was seven feet tall and, you know, a quarter of the skill. 
is kind of what I would describe Hassan Whiteside as. He is super long, and like that's how he gets his blocks, and he just stands in the paint. He never really comes out on the screen. And on offense, he's a bit lazy about setting screens and you know playing his role. Is kind of why like even Damian Lillard got pissed at him, and that's Damian goddamn Lillard, you know, the chillest, most gangster guy, gangster player in the league got mad at him for how he played and yeah like sh- i mean again it's very he there's talent there and we and he fulfills a need you know with len gone now you we need a guy who's big burly and kind of not afraid to be an asshole he's, pr- he's a pretty big asshole for the most part and yeah he'll, he'll be there to kind of protect the rim a little bit and yeah and for the minimum for this kind of player i'm okay with that oh yeah I think he's a good replacement for Len, and uh, you know, welcome back, of course. And uh, you know, I was trying to be sarcastic before, right? When I said oh. we were, we had a steal. Oh, that is up to the the listeners to decide. I will take you at your word. Yeah, I'm not I gonna. Mean, I'm not gonna say this is a steal by any means, but like, I'm not mad about getting him on the minimum. Mm-hmm. If we if we sign him to the mid level exception for like say eight million, six to eight million, that I would definitely not like. Yeah, I'm not mad at this deal, but uh, yeah, two million is not bad. Uh, I'm just hoping that you know he provides those stats with the Kings as well. Uh, but we shall see. Yeah, I, again, I'm not I'm not mad about this one, and you know, might might as well. You, you need rim protection, and you need a big guy. So, mm-hmm. it's it is what it is. I, I again, I don't mind it. Just don't cause any issues, and you know, don't and you know, just do your fucking role. But at the same time, like seeing as how even even Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra couldn't really get him to you know play hard and play his role, I highly doubt Luke Walton and. Uh, Alvin Gentry will be able to. So we'll, it, it is going to be what it is going to be. Just don't get your hopes up with him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, now on to, I guess, the two main events. So the, well, we'll first start off with uh, Fo- De'Aaron Fox got a max extension, $163 million. Uh, So that is the lower end. If he doesn't fulfill any of his clauses. There are clauses in this contract. So if he makes the All-NBA third team, he it bumps up to 169. If he makes the second team, 182. And if he makes All-NBA first team, it is the full-on max. It is $195 million. Which is basically what uh, I think Bam Adebayo... No, Bam Adebayo, I think, got the same kind of structure that Fox got in. Jason Tatum got the full-on max. So that is basically the the breakdown of the contract. Now, do you think this was an overpay for? No, I, I actually think he deserves it. And to be honest, he's the one player I wish to keep in this team. And you know, I'm not mad paying him this man this much money. Yeah, he is the star. He is our only hope. For the most part, unless Marvin again is really good, and yeah, like I think this you have to pay this this to Fox. Fox is your you know the co- the the fulcrum, the core of your entire team. You need to keep him, and you know we he's been improving every single year, and you know 
I think he's just going to keep getting better. So this is definitely worth the money. And we kind of got him on the cheap, considering that, you know, Jason Tatum got the 195. And I think Brandon Ingram actually got less. Never mind. But, you know, this is what you got to pay. And I think there are some much brighter days ahead. And at some point, I see him becoming a top five, top 10 point guard in the league. Yeah, I definitely see that. And he has proved and shown us that compared to the other players. But yeah, I really think this is a great deal for the Kings. And I'm glad that he will be a King for a little while now. <laughs> uh, barring if he ever does ask for trade. But like, I think I think he has, a, he has the personality and like the leadership and just kind of the integrity. I think he's going to play out his career here for the end of the, for the entirety of the contract and you know he's going to be our our leader on the court and i think he will lead us to good things going forward as long as mcnair is allowed to do what he needs to do as long as ownership does not try to stick their finger somehow in this and try to do a rush job win now move <laughs> and then i think we should be fine uh yeah, we should be fine. Yeah. There, there were some people that were questioning uh, the move just because, like, you know, he, you know, he of all the uh, all the other ones that got maxes have been an all star. You know, dear, uh, Jason Tatum has been an all star. Brandon Ingram and uh, Bam Adebayo. There might be another. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. They all got. They all basically got the same deal, or they actually got the max, the max max deal. So. Uh huh. I think with the exception of uh, Brandon Ingram and Bam Adebayo, but those guys have proven it. And De'Aaron, you know, on the national level has not, but we here in Sacramento know that, know what he is capable of and just needs a little bit more time for, and team just needs to get better around him. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get into an all-star as a point guard since there's so many. In the West, no less. Yeah. So many all-star caliber point guards in the West. That yeah, like be... when your top two is Dame and Steph Curry, some stiff competition to say the least. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, now on to the final main event. Now we said on the last episode uh, that it looked like the bogey deal was somehow falling apart. And it did fall apart. <laughs> and it's uh, it's very much unclear what actually happened. So this is, here's what happened. Bogey signs a deal or, uh, you know, they agree to a sign and trade with Bogey to the Bucks for Dante DiVincenzo, Ursan Lielisova, and DJ Wilson. And then, that was on Monday. Tuesday comes out. Sam Amick basically says, oh, the deal might start to fall apart due to tampering allegations. Oh no. And so what ended up happening was Bogey backs out of the deal and I believe on Friday signs an offer sheet with or maybe maybe it was Sunday, signs an offer sheet with the Atlanta Hawks and basically the Kings had two days to match. Now it was two business days business days. So technically they had till midnight to match, and I think they ended up not matching uh, at around 10 p.m. of Pacific time. So <laughs> Yes, Bogey is now with the Hawks, and he walks away for nothing. Uh, give me your thoughts on this. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I think it's fine. Bogey to the Hawks. Uh, Bogey, 
I don't know how much he wants to win with the Hawks, but I think the Hawks have a bright future. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years, we'll be uh, pretty good in the East. And, uh, you know, losing Bogey, I, 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 I also don't want to lose Bogey, but for that kind of price, I don't think is uh, I don't think the Kings should match it, in my opinion. Yeah, so it, th- we need to take in circumstance in this. We need to take in the context of the situation. The Kings in the West are arguably the, thir- the 13 out of the worst, like rank number 13 on the West's uh, power rankings, okay? We are not exactly close to the playoffs. And unless like some sort of injury happens to multiple teams and they, you know, multiple teams drop out of the playoff race, then we maybe have a chance. Mm-hmm. Adding bogey to that is, does not really get us to over that hump because the team itself is just not good enough. It's no fault of bogey of bogey on his own. We just don't have enough talent to actually, you know, fight for those playoff spots uh, in the West. However, for the Hawks, you know, the East is terrible, okay? And, like, the, especially the bottom half of it. Now, ar- arguably, like, they, the, you know, at best, they're maybe the seventh best team in the East. But guess what? Seventh place is in the playoffs. So <laughs> they are closer to the playoffs than we are in the in the West, okay? So they paying $18 million to bogey to get them to that point is actually worth it because they need – you know they want to sell more hope to their franchise, to their franchise after missing the playoffs for you know just a few years. You know it makes sense for them to pay a bogey eighteen million a year. But for the Kings, if we're paying eighteen million and we're over the cap, it's not worth it because we're we're still a bottom feeding team. And let's you know worst case scenario like uh, hypothetical bogey bogey gets injured for some reason. Now you have 18 million just sitting on your cap sheet that is basically impossible to trade. And also that has a trade kicker in, in the middle of it. They get it that much harder to trade. And now you just have dead weight and you have l- minimal fe- flexibility to, to do anything. Okay. Yeah. So you take in all that context. Sure. He walked away for nothing, but it's better than the alternative of, you know, of having a log jam in your in your lineup, as well as like your cap sheet. Now again, it sucks that he you know we he walked away or he walked away for nothing, but I think it's better than the alternative. I see. And you know, you know, so the reporting that I've heard around the deal. Uh, now this is not confirmed. These are just kind of multiple stories, kind of just I'm putting them together. And also, this is you know credit to Jared Weiss on the B-ball breakdown. He kind of he kind of gave the clearest picture that I've gotten so far. Something did happen. Okay, so here's kind of the storyline of it. Bogey signs. Bogey agrees to the deal. Okay. Now normally this is usually kept under wraps, but but there wasn't there was someone within those talks who knew about the deal being finished. Who was someone close to the situation? Basically, leaked it to Woj, and Woj, you know, Woj does his job, announces on Twitter on Monday. Now, if you guys didn't know, free agents cannot talk to front offices and vice versa until the free agency period has opened. Otherwise, it's a tampering charge. Now, 
the reason and now bogey backs out of the deal basically i think on wednesday now the the reasoning behind it that's kind of given that's kind of speculated is that bogey did not want to basically be stuck in tampering te- uh, purgatory because the nba opened up an investigation very shortly after that and they still have not finished the investigation and basically Bogey did not want to be stuck in this purgatory and just see all the money and free agency go away, which is why he ended up backing out of the deal. Because if he had waited, chances are the NBA cancels this deal and Bogey's just left out in the dust, probably signing a one-year deal with you know somebody for you know half, you know a quarter or a tenth of the money that he was going to get guaranteed. So that is kind of the story that I think makes the most sense. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot of money that would have been lost. (laughs) So, you know, we McNair McNair pulled something off that was really good, honestly. Like, granted, we didn't get any picks, but we did get a young player and Dante, where we were going to get a talented player, young player, and Dante DiVincenzo and DJ Wilson. And, you know, Ersan Eliasova is expiring. So, you know, Lord knows what we were going to do with him, but like, you know, McNair tried to pull a good deal, and you know, some somebody leaked the leaked the deal. I doubt it's McNair. I hope it's not McNair, or maybe someone on the Bucks leaked the deal and it basically threw everything like into the shitter. So it's it's a complicated situation, and like Lord knows what's going to happen going forward. Well, it seems like it's all settled down, right? No more. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more speculation, I don't think. Uh-huh. Bogey is gone now. And the last thing I want to talk about, now Sam may make released, I guess, basically on The Athletic, on the live, I guess the real-time chat, basically saying that, you know, before the decision was made to not match uh, Bogey's deal, was basically McNair was very much set on not, not matching the deal, but ownership basically got involved. Specifically, Vivek... Of Ronda Dive and Anil Ronda Dive. Oh, uh, Ronda Dive was in the camp of you know trying to keep Bogey no matter what, at, no matter what the number is, and basically was really, really adamant on keeping him. At least that's how what the reporting is. Now, you know, to, to jump a few, jump a few extra hoops to go into conspiracy territory. Unfortunately, you know, Anil is working very closely with Joe Dumars. And Joe Dumars may be the one that was pushing Bogey or to keep Bogey. And this is the kind of ownership meddling that is very concerning. And, you know, we don't know what to the what extent it, it, I guess, took place. But it is something to monitor going forward. And hopefully that this decision was a McNair- like empowered decision. Yeah, let's let's hope it's that way because I don't want any drama within the ownership and even inside the front office. We have not heard much about Joe Dumar, so I yeah. No, this is so, speculation on my part. I'm not reporting yeah. anything. This is just me coming up with conspiracy theories. Kind of yeah. two plus two equals five type shit for me. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, what, it's a ha- pattern that has happened before with ownership meddling, and 
you know, the GM just not being able to operate on his own. Now, granted, Rondé Dive did let, uh, what's his face, Vlade act, act all on his own, but, you know, I guess uh, Rondé Dive may be, like, suffering from PTSD from that and may want to get involved again. Let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. There let's... is someone that can handle his business and knows what he's doing. Yeah, let's not hope that's the case at all. Yes. So that is um, my, all I know and all I'm going to speculate on the free agent, on the bogey situation. It sucks that he walked away, you know, for nothing. But, you know, it's better than us trying to pretend that we could make the eighth seed or in, into the play in tournament, you know, giving us this kind of false hope of like of somehow making the playoffs and basically continuing to be stuck in NBA purgatory. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately I do think this was the right move to let him go. It hurts. I love, I love Bogey was going to get his Jersey very sh- <laughs> like just before he moved. So, you know, it's, it sucks, but I think it's in the, over in the long term, it's the right. move. Yeah. It's the right move. There's, I don't, I can't think of anything else to do with it. To be honest, can you? No, and that's yeah. It, again, it it hurts now, but I think in the long term, I in McNair we trust. Yeah, so far, great moves <laughs> compared to Vlade. Okay, well that just wraps up about wraps up. I guess the bogey situation. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we this is going to be actually take three. It's not even take two anymore. It's actually take three because <laughs> something about my internet is just glitching and the recordings were kind of essentially corrupted and stuff just kept cutting in and out. And so we are recording this for the third time. So hopefully this time it goes smoothly. But on the bright side, stuff has happened since we try to record. Uh, we are now recording this on a Friday evening, uh, you know, at the basically the tail end of Thanksgiving. Uh, and what has happened since? Well, Kings have signed Daquan Jeffries to a two-year, $3 million contract. This is not a two-way contract, mind you. This is an official NBA contract. What are your thoughts, Paul? You know, Daquan deserves it. And, you know, he showed out really well in the bubble. And, you know, now that he's out of the G League, I think uh, he has gotten more chances. And hopefully, you know, he stays within the NBA in the future, whether it's with us or, you know, with another team. Yeah. And, like, again, he, as you said it right, like, he showed out a lot. Like, he could hit threes, he could play some tough defense. You know, he's still young and, you know, has to learn some of those kind of what I call old man tricks on defense and just, you know, knowing how to play. He, he's he's almost there. And, well, not almost there, but, like, there's something there at, that can be built upon. And, you know, a, you know, a small little contract with $3 million for two years. The second year is a team option. So if he plays well, the team will definitely pick up that option. And, you know, he could be a piece going forward as, you know, a potential 3 and D guy. You know, that could be very, very helpful to the Kings, especially if we ever do become good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another signing, uh, Frank Kaminsky uh, from the Phoenix Suns signed with us on a one-year minimum deal. Now, I more or less just kind of shrugged when I saw this uh, signing. 
you know, he's not an amazing player from what I've seen. And, you know, he's not really going to help us or hurt us all that much, I don't think. I think it's a low-risk low possible, like a possible reward, um, you know, <laughs> kind of signing. So what, are, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say he's more like a third option, in my opinion. because Third option have... is pushing it. I know. Well, yeah, he's he's seven one. He's, he's maybe big. a guy that could get off the bench, maybe. Maybe, yeah. He's most likely gonna play center, and uh, with you know with Sean getting uh, minutes and hopefully healthy, and then we have Whiteside that we just signed, possibly you know as our second option center. I don't know where we'll, we'll get some playing time for Frank. But we'll have to see how the roster plays out because, you know, we might, you know, switch things around and add Frank into uh, like a five-man rotation of some sorts. We'll have to see. Well, you know, like the Kings do need big bodies. And as you said, Frank is 7-1, so that's a pretty big body. He's more or less known as a stretch five, a stretch big that honestly doesn't stretch the floor because he can't shoot all that well. <laughs> yeah. So he's, I guess he's just insurance in case one, like one of our centers is just gets injured. Like, you know, God forbid, let's hope Marvin stays healthy for the rest of the season. And, but you know, if he, if Marvin does get hurt, we have extra options to kind of, to, you know, Mm -hmm. at least substitute him a little bit, but you know, here's to just wishing Marvin Bagley a healthy, healthy season. And Frank, the tank could, you know, kind of back him up, I guess, you know, I think belly will be backing up Marvin for the most part. And, he might be, you know, the third option center. Like maybe he plays almost the uh, Yogi Ferrell role, I guess. You know, in case someone gets injured, he can kind of step in a little bit just to give the backup point guard like a little bit of a rest, or in this case, the backup center, which will probably mm-hmm. be Hassan. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see about it. Well, that kind of covers it for the Kings deals. Uh, we're gonna move on to. The NBA Nationals uh, scene, I guess. The National Free Agency signings. Now, now we're going to start big with this one. Uh, We're going to just go over some of the ones that really caught our eye. And this definitely caught my eye for sure. Now, when Gordon Hayward opted out of his $34 million player option, I thought he was crazy. Because I didn't think he was going to get a good deal anywhere else. But boy, was I wrong. And when I saw this contract, I just scratch my head and just my eyes bulged out and just you know just said the words what the fuck so gordon hayward signs with charlotte for 120 million dollars over four years uh what are your thoughts on this what was your reaction when you saw this contract is that words is that's ridiculous (laughs) like that much money for a guy that I believe that should be getting paid, you know, if he was coming from, you know, out of Utah at the time, you know, he had a lot of potential when he was coming out of Utah, but after, you know, the injuries and, uh, you know, he he was good in the Celtics, of course, but the price he has on his head right now, I don't see 120 million. I, I believe he should be rated probably like half of that. 
Yeah, and it doesn't really make sense for Charlotte to be paying the, him this money. Now, you can argue that no one's coming to Charlotte, so you might as well spend it on a guy like Gordon Hayward. My argument would be you should split it up into maybe three other players, you know, with this kind of money. And the main thing that confuses me about this, the Hornets, of course, they just drafted LaMelo Ball and but we don't know how good LaBella Ball will be in the NBA in the first year and if he is actually going to be able to succeed yet in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So my the thing with the Hornets is that they're down in the dumps in the Eastern Conference, no less. They are, you know, hot garbage for the most part, you know, not doing anything, not going to do anything for any, anytime soon. And it makes no sense to add a guy like Gordon Hayward, who, you know, it was very important for the Celtics. I think he, re- you know, him being out during the Heat versus Celtics series for the first two games was huge because he came back in Game Three and provided them essential, like basically what they needed, which was, you know, a versatile ball handler who can shoot and you know, pass and you know have provide dribble penetration. Now, if you're the Celtics, that makes sense to pay Gordon Hayward, although I don't think they could pay him $30 million. But um, my point is, it makes sense to add a guy like Gordon Hayward when mm-hmm. you're on the precipice of doing something great, when you're on the precipice of being a contender. It does not make sense for the Charlotte Hornets because they're not on the precipice of jack shit. <laughs> they are like maybe they're the 10th seed now after they added Gordon Hayward. Like what? Why pay him $30 million? It, it seems it just doesn't make sense to me. Like it's it's basically a version of the situation that you know, like the situation Bogey and the Kings. We are not a a Bogdan Bogdanovich away from the playoffs or away from contention. So it never made sense to really pay him eighty million to hamstring ourselves in a salary cap hell. Uh, and in the same vein, on a much bigger contract, it doesn't make sense for the Charlotte Hornets to, you know, hamstring themselves again <laughs> because they just got off the Batum contract and they actually had to wave and stretch Nicholas Batum to actually get this damn contract into their books. So it's, I don't get it. Yeah, it's, in my opinion, it's more like, do you want to win? Or do you want to get the money? Now, if you were in Gordon Hayward's shoes, would you want to win a, a potential championship or get the money now? Uh, when I'm getting $120 million at the tail end, of, probably like the tail end of my career, I'm taking the money. If it's that much money? Yeah. And honestly, Gordon Hayward probably even believes that maybe he can improve this team. Maybe he could, like you saw, he saw that 120 million and talked himself into becoming the next great hope in Charlotte. Well, we'll have to see. Like you said, there's maybe possible players within Charlotte that could improve. You know, Lamelo could improve. Of course, Gordon or Hayward. Be, or just be something. Like, yeah. you know, I just don't... I, I don't think he's going to be good his first year. And help, maybe maybe Devontae Graham improves. Maybe Terry Rozier improves. Hell, PJ Washington's a nice player. Maybe he takes another leap forward. Like, maybe at that point you can talk me into them being, you know, competent. But that's the eighth seed. Or the, or the seventh seed. You're getting mm-hmm. whooped by the... Probably the Miami Heat or the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. So what is the point, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I don't get it. 
yeah, that's that's probably the highest I would rank this team in terms of uh, analyzing the team. But you know, Gordon Hayward got his money. We can't talk. We're not Jordan, so yeah, we'll have to see what Charlotte does. Good, good for Gordon Hayward though. You know, good job fleecing basically the entire the entire organization. Yeah, <laughs> we should join Charlotte. Yeah, I don't want to live in Charlotte. But uh, <laughs> um, okay, well, moving on. Uh, Montrez Harrell signs with the Lakers after leaving the Clippers. He's moving down the hallway into the purple and gold. Uh, you know, uh, Trayvon Edwards from the Athletic. Uh, you know, describe this perfectly. This is basically uh, in WCW when NW or, or when Sting joined the NWO when he ripped off his shirt and showed off that. Sh- or yeah, yeah, he ripped off his shirt and showed the uh, NWO shirt underneath. Uh-huh. And this was basically the basketball equivalent of that. What were your thoughts on the signing? Uh, you know, I guess Trez wants to win and. Lakers has established a finals win, of course. Uh, since Serge Ibaka joined the Clippers, that's, I guess, a great replacement for the Clippers, like uh, we talked about. And, uh, yeah, I think it's okay since he's getting signed to a mid-exception, was it? Yeah, about $9 million, I think, per year. I think that's, that's... a $19 million two-year contract. I think that's a decent deal that the Lakers has signed uh, for someone of his caliber, in my opinion. I just don't really get it from the Lakers' perspective because he's a guy that, you know, adds offense, of course, but like it's not a type of offense that really works, as we've seen kind of that works that well in the playoffs because, you know, he's he's just too small for a big man. And, you know, all the credit in the world to how he's able to play the way he does like being so small and just being such a beast bullying guys that are like six inches taller than him but it doesn't work in the playoffs when you're going up against elite big men mm-hmm. and you know i i just don't think it'll it it, does, it just doesn't make sense to me to really add him but you know he you know i guess he's there to kind of replace javel would be how i would see how i would kind of describe it because uh-huh. you know like javel was a bit more was definitely more defensive minded, but I think Trez could actually add a lot bigger kind of pick and roll threat than Javelle did. Javelle can. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, even though Javelle is you know seven six seven inches taller, but you know I don't think Javelle could roll like Montrez can. But overall, it's you know trez doesn't provide anything close to what javel provides on defense so like i guess is ultimately a net zero move yeah yeah i'd say he's more for like during the playoffs for like when players actually need to rest he's probably gonna play way less than 10 minutes i believe in the playoffs probably Probably, yeah, that will probably make sense. And like, honestly, if you pay him extended minutes, like you're going to give up points to good teams. But you know, mm-hmm. they, I think the Lakers do kind of have a defense that could, you know, support Trez for the most part. Although, you know, with the departures of of um, with the departure of Dwight, I think it it will kind of hamper their defense a little bit. Although, we'll talk about his replacement, Marcus Saul. 
Marcus All signs with the Lakers for the minimum. I think it's a five million dollar deal, if I remember right. But that's that's pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's really good for Marcus Saul. But you know, like Mark is basically going to be the replacement for Dwight Howard, and you know, Dwight or Gasol's nowhere as mobile anymore, and I don't think he was as mobile as uh, Dwight Howard was last year for them. And but you know, he's a smart positional defender and can protect the rim. And, you know, he adds a dimension of offensive ability that Dwight never had, which is, you know, high post passing, you know, a really good post game that although I don't think he'll be using it that much. And, you know, he could spot up from three, although he is a reluctant shooter. So I'm not sure how big that ability is going to be. But, you know, like. I do think, like, you know, he can cover for Trez in, in some way. I, and, you know, a lot of the moves that the Lakers have made have kind of boosted their offense at the expense of some of their defense. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll talk about Rondo's uh, replacement in a bit. What were your thoughts on the uh, Saul signing? I think that's a pretty good signing as well, of course. Um, you know, he's in my opinion, near the tail end of his career. And uh, we haven't seen much since his Grizzly days, but as a role player, I think uh, he could provide that potential offense. Uh, Hopefully, you know, like we said, that he could maybe shoot threes and not give it up to another person. Yeah, it's like the ping pong ball passing game that he plays a lot in during his time as the Raptors where he'll get an open shot and he won't shoot it to pass it on to the next guy who is open. But even if it's Danny Green, I just want Marcus Saul to take that instead, for example. Mm-hmm. But that's just me and the way how I see like how he should play. And also, he he was signed to also guard Jokic in case they run into Jokic again in the playoffs because oh, yeah. Dwight did an amazing job on Jokic during the uh during like their series and be just being able to cover him, you know, without help for the most part. And that's what Gasol is there to do and Gasol is an amazing post post defender. He he really did give he really did make uh Joel Embiid work like uh during the Raptors title run. So that's what he's here for. He is there to guard that big burly center, that one big burly center that they might run into in the playoffs. Yeah, he he'll be good at that. Yeah, and their final signing. Um, I know we're talking a lot of Lakers. This will probably be the most I'll talk about the Lakers in forever. <laughs> so, but uh, Lakers do get Dennis Schroeder. Uh, they traded away Danny Green, and I believe their pick to get Dennis Schroeder. He is basically going to be the replacement to Rondo and. You know, him and Rondo are very different players, but, you know, I think, you know, theoretically anyway, Schroeder can fit into this, into um, the Lakers very well because he is, he can provide that third option that, you know, the Lakers were lacking up until playoff Rondo showed up. So he can basically step right in and just be that, you know, that go-to scorer off their bench that can like get by guys and just create offense and you know set up guys as well i don't think he's a i don't think he's anywhere as good as passing as rondo is and mm-hmm. i don't think he's a good like pace controller a good floor general like playoff rondo was so i don't know how effective like he'll be but he'll definitely be scoring like in bunches and you know you can stick him in there with montrez harrell and like you know they can probably run the pick and roll and just 
you know, destroy the other uh, team's bench unit. So this is an interesting signing. I don't know if it's an upgrade over Rondo, to, like because playoff Rondo was nasty in the playoffs. <laughs> so you know, we'll we'll see about this one. But I think it's an overall good signing, and the Lakers are setting themselves apart from the rest of the league right now. You know, Clippers also made some signings. They re-signed Marcus Morris and got Luke Kennard, and also you know got Serge Ibaka. I think they are better than they were last year. But I think the Lakers aren't exactly, you know, sitting on their laurels and just, you know, just re-signing everyone and just kind of pretending that they're fine. They needed to they needed some upgrades. They needed to keep up with the league. And they are kind of head and shoulders kind of above everyone else right now, especially now that Clay's gonna be out for the Warriors. I don't really see that big of a threat in the West for the Lakers unless the Clippers figure things out. Yeah, we'll have to see about that. But with all the signings that have been going around, I think the top heavy West is going to be a pretty nasty battleground. Who do you, who do you think wins the next year in the West? Uh, I might have to say Lakers. That's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, As um, a Kings fan. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm rooting for the Warriors to win it, but I don't think they're going to do it with Clay, so or yeah, without that, Clay. So that's that's the one benefactor. If Clay was here, I think Warriors have a really good chance. Yeah, and like you know, Warriors can kind of neutralize some of what you know. Although, like with their signings, I think they can still provide a threat, but ultimately they are going to fall to the Lakers. And you know, I. I don't like to say that the Lakers are going to win. I They probably will, but I'm not going to exactly say they're going to win until it yeah. happens. I'm going to doubt them all the way to the bitter end. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, as we just mentioned just now, uh, Clay Thompson has an Achilles tear on, I believe, his left leg. It's the other leg that's not the ACL leg. So, so he, well, regardless, he's going to be out for the rest of the season, unfortunately. So that basically hamstrings the Warriors' potential. But Warriors did manage to rebound, and they did, you know, they signed Bays, as we mentioned earlier. And, you know, they traded for Kelly Oubre, who is going to help them. To what extent, we don't know yet. But it's an interesting team that could probably make some noise in the playoffs and, you know, maybe could win it. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. And, you know, the stage is set for like a. Uh, Steph Curry revenge season. So that's what they're going to need if they're going to have any chance of winning in the playoffs. I'll just say that. Hmm. Yeah, so I really like uh, what the Warriors did. Honestly, had Clay not gotten injured, I would even put them as the favorites because Wiseman, Wiseman I think, will fit in very nicely. as At least in his first year, he's just going to be a rim runner and possibly provide some rim protection on the other end. And, you know... Like Kelly Oubre can, you know, shoot and, you know, he's a smart cutter and, you know, he plays tough defense. He's not a great defender by any means, but he does play hard. And, you know, Bays is Bays. He's going to provide some defense on that end as well. And, you know, the Draymond can maybe still have something left in the tank. And Steph Curry possibly has something left in the tank. Yeah. Can't forget Andrew Wiggins, too. Oh, yeah. He might have something. Uh, <laughs> We don't know what it is. We've never seen it. And so, yeah, like I totally forgot Wiggins was on that team. So, you know, by all means, they could make some noise. But, 
I think just without Clay, it's it's hard to sell the fact that they're going to win in the playoffs. And I, and by win, I mean beat the Clippers or the uh, or the Lakers. That's <sighs> on like the U on Utah and Denver. Utah and Denver. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Utah does get Boyan Bogdanovich back, which is going to be huge for them. I'm going to say Denver could be potentially third or fourth. Utah might be fourth. Yeah, fourth, I'd say. Are we just going to forget that Utah, like, they're, the team hate each other? Like, Do we just totally forget that everyone hates Rudy Gobert on that team? <sighs> kind of I, forgot I, about that. I, I don't know. But also, don't forget, Denver did lose Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, and Torrey Craig. Their three best defenders, basically. Three out of their four best defenders. I think Gary Harris is probably their best defender. But, like, that's big. And if Michael Porter Jr. is not going to improve on defense, that's going to be rough. I think they took a step back. I see. You didn't go drop a little down in the seedings? I mean, yeah, I know. I think they'll stay kind of like on the three fourth. I don't think it. I don't think that it matters in the regular season. But when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, like they end up facing the Lakers, LeBron is just gonna feast on their wingless defenders, on their little oh, wings. I see. So unless they get someone that I didn't know, but like losing Jeremy Grant was big because he was their best wing defender. Mm-hmm. We shall see how this, uh, how this, you know, season in the Western Conference, you know, plays out. Maybe the Kings could sneak in there, but honestly, I'm not sure if I want them to because 2021 draft is uh, pretty nasty. <laughs> okay, Cunningham, Jalen Green, uh, something Boston. I totally blanked out on his first name, but like th- these are some damn good players, and you no, know, I wouldn't mind if we missed the playoffs, even if, even missed the play-in tournament. You think we'll have a chance in the top five at least? I mean, like that's here's the thing. Like with the flattened out odds, we don't even need to actively tank. We're just we just need mm-hmm. to play, and like we don't really have the talent to compete compete for the playoffs anyways, really. So I don't think it really matters. I think we're just going to end up with a top five pick. I see. Let's hope we don't New York Knicks this one and just get the eighth pick for some reason. Uh. <laughs> well. Uh, to kind of just to wrap it up with uh, two more topics, you know, Rockets related. So Hart, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are still on the Rockets. And it doesn't seem like they're getting moved anytime soon. Although someone did bring up an interesting question. Would you have signed Gordon Hayward to the contract that he got in Charlotte? Or should Charlotte have just traded for Russell Westbrook instead? Uh I I didn't trade for Russell Westbrook would have been a better idea for Charlotte. Uh, let's see, what do you think uh, would be part of that trade? I don't know. Just just give him a pick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the salary cap stuff. I, I guess Terry Rozier probably would, would end up going to uh, the Rockets, and uh, I think that'd be it. I think that's all they need. Terry and a pick. Yeah, maybe like a second round pick. I don't know. I wouldn't give up a first for Russ. Let's see. Does Russ have a like a place that he uh, he thought of? Kind of like how Harden thought of the Nets. 
I don't think so, but this is the part that kind of confuses the shit out of me. He wants to be, he wants to go somewhere where he can be the floor general. Well, that could be anywhere. Well, here's the thing about him being a floor general. I don't want him to be the floor general. He was not a good floor general in OKC. So, like, I guess the Knicks would probably make the most sense. He's never set the Knicks, but it's like, this is why Russell Westbrook will never win a championship. Because if he thinks he's a good floor general, he's an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, he never was good. You kept KD from winning a title in OKC. So... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, there, there's no, there's no turning back, and don't get me wrong, Katie's not exactly that much smarter, but like, he wants to be a, if he wants to be a floor general, do it on a shitty team like a Charlotte or the Knicks. I think the Knicks would make more sense just because Charlotte actually has a future floor general in Lamelo Ball. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think ultimately, I think him going to the Knicks is a perfect marriage. Because you, they can overhype the shit out of him. He can get his triple doubles, and they will win nothing. <laughs> so it's perfect. It's a perfect marriage. You know, the Knicks has his supposed twin. Ah, I already forgot his name. Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. To be honest, everyone. Sure, they jump high, but like Dennis Smith, I think is worse than Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. So talk yeah, about a guy I... who is not a floor general, like. Jesus. Yeah, but to be honest, I think I forgot a lot of players that are in the Knicks. I I honestly wish we could have gotten Frank Nilakina a few years ago. I mean, I think we could still get him. Like, I think there's a lot of potential there with Mm Nilakina. But he he just will not be traded from the Knicks for some reason. I think he was being offered for like a second round pick. I was like, you know, saying to the Kings, you know, send a second round pick for him. I don't care. Well, we'll see, because so far, I don't know, has the Knicks made moves besides getting rid of a lot of role players? I mean, they got Obi Toppin. Oh, that's they right. Assi- I don't think they signed anyone else. I don't I don't think. They might have, but I, I don't really pay attention to them. Yeah. Um. Well, get back to the topic of conversation. The other equation of the Rockets is Harden. Now, there are, is no noise on that end, but there are two interesting options on the East uh, for him, one being the Raptors and the other being the Celtics. Now, I did flood out the idea, although I don't think it can happen now because he just signed an extension. I would trade Jason Tatum for Harden. Jason Tatum for Harden? Or hell, just help him if, you know, if Houston is dumb enough to do this, do Kemba for him. Well, in my opinion, I think either trade would be pretty good. But uh, the rumor is that apparently Boston has been has been told to stay away from James Harden. Now, I can kind of understand it because the Rockets have completely built their entire team to, to you know fit Harden's needs. And I don't know if Boston wants to absolutely completely rebuild around, you know, a James Harden to, you know, Make it so he never has to play defense and he never has to move off the ball. So uh, there are some red flags with Harden, but that is a incredible talent that's on the market, and I think Boston should go for it. Yeah, I think if Boston does go for Harden, whether wait, whoever they trade him with, I think there'll be huge contenders in the East. You know, going against 
Raptors, Heat, Bucks, Sixers. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a top-heavy East, and they're going to have to compete real hard. Here's also another hot take that I have. If he ends up going to Philly, I wouldn't be... Would you rather trade Simmons for him or, or Embiid? I'd say Simmons. This is what the, well, this is where my hot take is. I might trade Embiid for him instead. Right. Like I get it. To Embiid at at the top of his game is my I think Miles better than Simmons, but I think Simmons overall as a fit next to Harden, I think is better because Embiid is not a good role man. He's a post up a uh, big, and. That's going to kind of eat into like James Harden's space if, you know, Joel Embiid is going to try to, uh, you know, post up all the time. Simmons, on the other hand, is an amazing role man. And, you know, he could be, he basically is a souped up version of Draymond. And like in that way, I think he can cover, I think he can like fit next to Harden better on offense. Defensively, I think both of them fit very well with Harden in, in, in that they're going to def- basically cover up for Harden pretty mm-hmm. well. So, But I think offensively, I would consider maybe getting rid of Embiid instead. I see. Not, just, not to like completely say that they should. I think, you know, with two top, with two talents like that, I think they can find a way to make it work. But I would explore Harden with Simmons. Hmm. My, that's my hot take. Well, if the Sixers are interested, I, I yeah, I think a Simmons Harden trade would be a pretty pretty good deal. Uh, wonder what else they'll have to give up. Or actually, you know, how about one to one trade? I don't think their contracts match up well enough. I haven't. I'm not a cap guru. I think you need to include. I think Sixers need to include something to make the contracts match. But I don't know the details of that. But like, it's not going to be a one-to-one trade. I don't think. Mm, I see. Well, the other option is to maybe trade them to the Raptors, but I don't see a scenario where they don't have to give up. I, you know, one of OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. how even Kyle Lowry, but I think Lowry is going to stay. I think out of those three, I think Lowry is the most likely to stay. And, but like, if they're going to end up trading one of those two or even both of them for James Harden, I don't think they're really contenders because they, they need at least one of those guys to play with Harden. I see. The the one being like one of uh, Siakam or uh, OG Ananobi. Huh. So like they need to find a way to keep one of them. And and Lowry and to play with Harden and that they can kind of figure it out from there. But like these moves can make whoever gets Harden is going to become a powerhouse, I think. Mm-hmm. Any of these teams. Well, we'll have to see because... Getting close, and no moves have happened. Well, yeah, I, I think they're going to end up starting uh, with the Rockets, and then probably getting traded at the deadline. Oh boy, just going to cause a lot of chaos, which is more. fun. You know, it's fun to have chaos every now and then. Yeah, more news for us. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, to close it out, um, you know, to bring it, you know, full circle to the Kings, uh, DeMarcus Cousins has signed a minimum deal with the Rockets. Uh, he basically was with the Lakers last year, but couldn't play because he tore his ACL. And now he joins the Rockets, and I have questions. I, I was assuming he was just going to stay with the Lakers and, you know, try and win another ring with them. I, I, I don't think there's any news about whether he's going to get a ring. I, my take is why not just give him a ring, mm-hmm. but I I would have just expected him to stay with the Lakers. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, we're not boogie, of course, but maybe he wants to be that starter again. But you know, since the Rockets didn't make moves yet, uh. I'm going to say he's still going to be that backup center. And it's too bad that he didn't stay with the Lakers because I don't I think... think they have a center in uh, in Houston. Oh, really? They trade away all their centers uh, in the deadline. So I don't think they have any. So he might start. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a starter. But yeah, uh, I'm glad that Boogie's back out, uh, out there playing again because, you know, as a Kings fan, I'm also a Boogie fan. And seeing him, what he uh, went through, uh, yeah, I'm real glad, and I hope for the best for him. But to him going to Rockets, it's gonna, yeah, I don't really know what the Rockets are doing right now. I mean, uh, Westbrook wants out, Harden wants out. What do you have left? It's gonna be like a team of nobodies at this point. It's a very chaotic situation, and that's again, that's why it confused me why I just didn't stay with the Lakers. You have a stabilizing presence there in LeBron James, and you, I guess, leave that situation to go to the most chaotic firestorm in the uh, in the NBA right now. So I, I don't know. I, as you said, we're not boogie. Maybe he just sees that as an opportunity to be able to play. I think like whatever happens, he's going to be able to find minutes on that team so maybe that's the justification of why but i've if i was him i would have just stayed with the lakers but again we're not boogie you know we're happy for him that he's going to get another chance and hopefully you know he balls out and maybe gets some team to pay him next next uh, well he signed with the Rockets, so we're fine with the Knicks. <laughs> no, I mean next year. Like, oh, next who, year. if he's gonna like sign, you know, Knicks might strike out on Giannis and all the other stars. So, like, you know, why not just sign Boogie to a twenty million dollar contract? Sign him to whatever the hell Gordon Hayward got. Y'all ain't getting shit, anyways. <laughs> you guys aren't getting shit, Knicks. So, like, it's you might as well. He deserves it. Have you seen him when he was a king and a pelican? How how long was that ago? Dear goodness. Exactly. So no. <laughs> but no. You know what? Knicks, be useful. Just pay pay Boogie his money that Vladdy didn't want to pay him. Or or uh Vivek didn't want to pay him. He deserves it. Oh yeah. Well, that's basically all, all we have for uh, for this episode. It has been a chaotic free agency period. Now of course there's a lot more that happened. Uh we didn't even talk about Detroit the Detroit signings. You know the head scratching moves that they made. Uh, we didn't talk about the Hawks. You know they did they, they did end up getting bo- bogey, but they did get Danilo Gallinari and some other guys. I think they got Chris Dunn too. Like that's going to be a really good team. 
Um, yeah, but these are just some of the most interesting moves that we felt happened across the league. So, you know, we are Sad Kings Derby, so we all try to always relate them to the Kings. And ultimately, like, we just couldn't cover everything. But, you know, these are the most interesting, and we gave our thoughts, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Do uh, you have anything else you want to add, Fong? Mm, nope, but hopefully we could keep the news going, and... I'm crossing my fingers that we don't have to record a fourth time. Hopefully. Let's hope this recording works and that this is just... This is going to be the end of, I guess, the cursed episode. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll probably come back next week. Uh, hopefully, you know, some stuff have happened and maybe King signed more people and, you know, hopefully things are looking ahead and looking good going forward yes we shall see all right we'll catch you guys on the next one yep see you guys later